But I found this to be a very interesting little short, concise Bible study that perhaps could be a help to all of us. Uh, I know that I am one to always emphasize the reading of the Word and the meditating on the Word. And this Bible study tonight goes right along with what I have mentioned so many times. So we're going to move right ahead with this. Think five things that you should do, be doing with God's Word. Five things that you should be doing with God's Word. Uh, it, it goes without saying that God's Word is important to us. Yeah. If it wasn't important, God would not have caused it to be preserved down through all of these, not just decades and not just centuries, but actual millenniums. I mean, amen? Yeah. Praise God. Coming to us uh, in its entirety. I translated some material sometime back for Bible schools, and I was amazed that uh, the material the man had done a very deep, profound study and helped us to understand through that the accuracy of the translation and the transmission of God's Word to us yeah. from Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic and, and, uh, and, and so on, and coming down to us today, Greek. Uh, and, and it comes down to us today. And uh, they mentioned a very famous uh, writing from way back in probably 1,500 uh, years ago, very famous writing, and it's been translated over the years, and they said in that there are numerous errors, but we find less errors of any kind in the translated Word of God. Hallelujah. I thank God that He has moved on the hearts of men that had a desire to preserve this Word. We are seeing a lot of people get involved in a lot of different translations, and some of them are good and some of them aren't. And uh, in my knowledge of the Word, however big that is, I endeavor to sort out the good. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Now, I always say that when you read books, Christian books, you need to know how to eat fish. All right? You eat the meat throughout the bones. <laughs> and sometimes in some of these writings, there are some bones that need to be cast out. They are not right. <coughs> Praise God. Now, basically tonight, we're going to be in the book of Psalms 119. And uh, Psalms 119 of course, is an amazing psalm. It is the largest psalm in the book of Psalms with 176 verses. I mentioned that my wife has just been on a real campaign of writing the scripture. She's just been going from book to book. And when she started on Psalms 119, she thought she was never going to get through. <laughs> it's so big. I went, you're not through Psalm 119. 176 verses, but a beautiful psalm. And, uh, <clears throat> but it is a psalm that deals specifically with the Scriptures, with the Word of God. It is part of the Word of God that talks about the Word of God. It is a part of the Word of God that gives a great and brilliant picture of the veracity of the Word of God. And it is to be paid careful attention to. Uh, virtually every verse in one way or another refers to God's Word. Uh, 
the terms used in all of the verses are used in all of the verses with the exception of verses 90, 121, 122, and 132. All right? Next paragraph. David, who is the most likely author uh, of the book of Psalms, and this one night, uh, particularly 119, uses a variety of terminology to describe God's word. All right? Now, as you read Psalms 119, you will find the word commandments, law, statutes, precepts, ordinances, rules, words, testimonies. All right? You will find one of those words or more than one of those words in every verse in Psalms 119 except for verses 90, 121, 122, and 132. Okay? And so David here was writing with regard to the Word of God. All right. Now let's pause one minute and let's put on our thinking caps. What did David have as far as the Word of God was concerned? <laughs> exactly what it got here. He had the five books of the law, which you call the Pentateuch. Uh, there may have been some of the other historical books that may have uh, come to him by that time. I'm not really sure. So all he had were those books that transmit the laws of God. And he took delight in those things, took pleasure in those things. We have so much more. We need to be so much more thankful, and we need to be so much more diligent in reading God's Word. All right? <clears throat> Thus, Psalms 119 is one of the best examples of scriptures speaking about Scripture. It is the Word talking about the Word. Amen? Amen. And in it we find David interacting with the Word of God in five ways that should be part of dramatic, that is important, and that should be a standard uh, for all believers. Amen? Not just for him, but for all of us. The Word of God should mean the same thing to all of us. It should be precious to all of us. It should be valuable to all of us. It should uh, be able to speak to all of us. And the more that we pray and the more that we receive from God of His Spirit, the more we are going to understand what is written in God's Word. Yeah. The Scripture tells us that holy men of God spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. If that had not been true, how would Moses have ever written about the creation of all the things in the world? He wasn't there. But God revealed it to him by his Spirit, and he recorded those things that God spoke to him. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. Now, the first thing that we need to do uh, with regard to the Word of God is that we need to trust the Word of God. Amen. That's right. Trust it. Amen. Hallelujah. Just really believe that it is truth and that it is believable. Time and time again, David expresses his belief that the scriptures are true. And uh, Sister uh, Gina is going to help us, and we're going to have up here right now verse number 151 of Psalms 119. Okay, unless I say something different, it's always Psalms 119, okay? Read it for us, Brother Camarina. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are true. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. All thy commandments are truth. Amen. All right. He believes in them. Verse 66. Uh, all right. Brother Paul, read that for us. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. I have believed. I hope that you have believed. I hope that serving God is more than an emotional experience. Right. If you are depending on emotion, my friend, you are on very unstable ground. Yeah. Right. Alright? Emotions can fail us. I remember when we first arrived in Brazil, I was not aware of the spiritual environment that I was getting into, and I finally went to my superintendent and I said, what in the world is wrong with me? There are days that I get out of the bed and I am so depressed and feel so oppressed. And I think, what happened yesterday? What happened today? What's going to happen today? What's going to happen tomorrow? Nothing. There's no reason for me to feel this way. And he explained to me that it is all of the demonic activity in that nation. And we have demonic activity in this country as well. And there are times when we get out of bed and it's kind of like, what in the world is going on? Right. All right? And we have got to learn to understand those things and to rebuke them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Once I understood the source of my uh, feelings of... Uh, uh, almost slipped out a Portuguese word there. Uh, that my lack of a... Uh, uh, of a good feeling, a lack of being happy and filled with joy. Once I knew why I was feeling depressed and oppressed, hey, I can war against that. Yeah. Once I identify my enemy, yeah. I can war against him. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. And uh, David goes on to say that he trusts in their reliability. Verse 42, just Arena. So shall so shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. Praise God. Aren't these beautiful? Yes. These are beautiful. Yes. And I hope they can get a hold in your heart tonight so that uh, you will understand the importance of reading God's word, of memorizing God's word, of hiding it in your heart. Yes. So that in that moment of temptation, in that moment of trial, that moment of sickness or whatever it is that comes against you, you will have the anointing of the Holy Ghost that will anoint you to quote the Word of God. Amen. The Bible declares of itself that it is powerful. Amen. Amen. And I'm sure that many of you have experienced in your Christian life the power of God's word. Amen. Yeah. And he states Psalms 160. Read for us, brother. Here you go. The word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Praise God. Is that 160? Yeah. Okay, very well. In other words, the summation of the whole thing is that God's Word is so accurate, 
and so true that we can believe it. Yeah. <clears throat> What's happening in our world today? Oh, that nonsense that you, that you Christians believe that there was a great flood. That's a bunch of nonsense. Well, science has discovered some things that have proven it to be right, accurate. Amen? When they first began the space program, they needed to have a very accurate measurement of time to be able to launch uh, a rocket from Cape Canaveral in Florida, all right, uh, toward the moon. They had to know things exactly. Otherwise, that thing will choop by the moon, all right? It had to be right. It had to be accurate. And they began to notice that there was some kind of an inaccuracy in the calculation of time since way, way back. Well, hey, we got the answer for that. Joshua prayed and the sun and the moon stood still. Things got a little bit discoordinated. And so we, we find that the word of God is always true. It was not written to be a book of science, but it's true. That's right. It was not written to be a book of physics, but it's true. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's true. We can believe it. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so we believe it. We trust it. Amen. Amen. First step is key. If a believer doesn't really regard the word of God as being fully and entirely trustworthy, then none of the other steps that follow uh, below will follow. This is why the church, the church, that's us, and all of the other true believers, all right, that is why the church, amen, must be quick to deal with the repeated criticisms of the Bible that so often permeate our society. All right? You don't believe in the great flood? Well, that's your problem. I believe in it. All right? You don't believe that the sun and the moon stood still? Well, I happen to believe that happened because it's in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. You don't believe that the Red Sea was opened up that the children of Israel go through? Well, that's your problem. Just recently found a bunch of chariots and stuff like that at the bottom of the sea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go ahead. Just keep... Not believing. But God is going to make a believer out of everybody. And every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. All right. Number two, studying the word. David doesn't just believe the word, but he becomes a student of the word. Amen. He learns it. 73. She's got it. She's on the ball. All right. Who's going to read for us? Just Camarina. You want to read it in the Bible? You want to read it up here? Thy hand hath made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. All right. He expresses the desire of his heart to be a learner, a student of the word. Amen. I I need to be more of a student than a word of what I am. Yes. 
It is wonderful to be able to sit and to become a student. I know that some of you have your jobs and things are a little bit more difficult for you. I understand that. But set aside a time to do more than just read a half a dozen verses in the Bible. To meditate on them and maybe to look at the those little tiny letters beside there that refer you to another verse and to another verse. And that is helping you to study the Word of God and find out that what the Word says in one place, it says the same thing in another place. And it all comes together in one great body of truth that will bless you and strengthen you as a child of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Uh... He seeks the word of God. 155. And who would like to... Can you read that for us? Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy um, statutes. All right. Salvation is far from the wicked, for uh, they seek not thy statutes. All right. David sought after them. We need to seek after the law of the Lord. Learn what the law of the Lord says. Read the Word of God and see what God accepts and what He condemns and put our lives in accordance with that and we can be saved and led into even greater truth as time progresses. David also memorized the Word of God. 150 through and why not just have the young lady beside you read this one for us. All right. Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. May God help me to never forget it. Even as I get old, may I not forget it. You know, you know, some of us are getting a little older. It's... Uh, a little bit hard to accept that sometimes, but uh, it happens. And even Brother Miguel's getting a few gray hairs on his head. And then he got another spot back there where some of them said goodbye. <laughs> and all of these things are indicative of, of age. And we know people. I have some friends that uh, they have gotten to be quite elderly and They have mental difficulties. But I want to so hide God's word now in my heart. While I am of a sound mind. So that when I can no longer consciously recall the word of God. That it be within me an everlasting anchor of my soul. Amen. Do you understand me tonight? Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Uh, If I was no longer able to speak it, that I would be able to think it in my mind and know that I am saying God's word. All right. Now, the, the next one is very important. David said that he meditates in the word of the Lord. Uh, one uh, Verse 15. Uh, Sister Dee. No, verse 15, right up here it is. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. 
Not on your list, Sister Gina, but get Psalms 1 2. Please. Chapter 1, verse 2. There it is. But, here's the right. Put, put up verse 1. Put up verse 1 first. That connects it. All right? Blessed is the man. Say blessed. Blessed. Is the man. Is the man. That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You guys on your jobs, there's always going to be somebody that's going to be scornful of you, scornful of your faith, scornful of your salvation, scornful of the word of God that you believe in. Amen. You just don't have to just sit around there and absorb all of the junk that they've got to say. Right. All right? Now two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate when he goes to church. (laughs) That's all right. Smile at me. I'll keep you awake and alert. All right? Careful. Don't sleep while I'm teaching. I'll tell you what. (laughs) You'll be embarrassed. (laughs) All right? But we meditate in it. Night and day. Day and night. It is what fills our thinking. It's what occupies our thinking. It's what is most important to us. I know you have your job, but, you know... That word of God has got to be there with close, ready accessibility. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So, David declared that he meditated on the word of the Lord. Uh, This step ought to naturally follow the first one. If God's word is true... Then we ought to commit ourselves to being diligent studiers of the word. We need to embrace it with all of our mind as well as with all of our hearts. My prayer oftentimes has been for the Camarinas. I accepted more pulpits than I care to remember (laughs) to preach and to teach. God, I want you to open the ears of all of those that are sitting out there. God, I want your word to be able to penetrate their minds. But God, I want one more thing to happen. I want your word to leave their minds and sink into the inter-recesses of their heart where it can be stored permanently. Amen? Amen. Where it can be meditated on in in the most interior part of your life. Amen? Amen. Yes. And uh, the, the, the scriptures teach that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Right. And who can know it? Right. All right? You repent of your sin. You are converted to God. You are converted from the way of the world to God's way. 
you change teams. All right? And when you do, you need to adhere to the rules of the new team. Amen? And the rules are written to us in God's word. And it is those rules to which we must adhere every day of our lives. Amen? Amen. So, uh, so we are studying God's word. We embrace it with our minds as well as with our hearts. Amen? Amen. When you study math, it's a matter of the head. When you study geometry, it's a matter of the head. Stupid me. You know, I, I say this to people who are in school. We always had what they called, every year we had an aptitude test, you know, and that was particularly in high school. And it was to show us what we are, had the ability to do when we uh, graduated from high school. Well, I always wanted to go into forestry. I loved the outdoors. I loved the woods. And I wanted to uh, study and perhaps become a forest ranger and, uh, and something of that nature. And so when those um, tests were given, I took them. But I tried my very best to make that test say what I wanted it to say. And you know what? It never did say what I wanted it to say. The highest marks I got were always in social work. I couldn't win against the call of God. But stupid me. I took those courses I needed to. So I took algebra and geometry. Second year algebra, trigonometry. It's a wonder I even know how to say the word. That's how little I learned. In those classes, I got straight D's. Wasn't for those that I had a good GPA. But uh, <laughs> just fighting against God, that's all, you know. I got called to ministry when I was 12. I knew that. But it really wasn't what I wanted to do, all right? So, you know, endeavor to do what God wants you to do. All right. Number three, we must use, we can use the Word of God and we can use it correctly. All right. It's one thing to trust the Word. It's another thing to study the Word. But if you don't use the Word, it's of absolutely no value to you. The Word must be used. It is your tool. For successful Christian living. One thing to believe in and know the word is another thing to rely on it. To look to it as a guide during, a, during difficulties and challenges of life. To lean on it for encouragement and hope. Alright? And, and, and I wish we had time tonight to uh, just begin to delve into this with a little bit more depth. And to show you how the word of the Lord can become a word of encouragement. How the word of the Lord can become uh, a, a source of hope when you seemingly lose all hope. Amen? Amen? I know that the world thinks that we are a bunch of crazy people. You know, how do you pray to God that you can't see? You know? Well, I'll tell you how. Because when I kneel to pray, 
I feel his presence around me. I feel his arms of love wrapped around me. And therefore I'm able to believe. <clears throat> David repeatedly affirms that he uses the word of God as a counselor. Verse 24. All right. Uh, Brother Lorenzo, can you read that for us? The testimonies also of my delight and my counsel. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Amen. Amen. I hope it never happens to me that I need to seek a counselor. I hope that doesn't happen to me, and I'm not criticizing anybody that does, okay? Please understand me. I'm being kind tonight, all right? <clears throat> the counsel that we need is found in the Word of God. <clears throat> I have performed more weddings than I can count, all right? And one of the things I've always said, particularly in these modern days when, uh, you know, women basically don't want to uh, obey the Word of God and be obedient to their husbands. Now, don't be throwing anything at me, okay? All right? At women, all right? Because, men, I have got something saved for you. If you will obey the Word of the Lord, right? And you will treat your wife, your mate, as you would treat yourself. There's not a woman in the world that wouldn't love you and follow you and do anything you ask. <laughs> because she's going to know that her best interests are your interests. That's just a little bit of marital counseling, okay? <laughs> and there's counseling in the Word of God. From for every situation in life. God, if we only read it and studied it and understood it as we should. All right? It is God's word that gives us strength. Verse 28. Who hasn't read yet? Oh. Who hasn't read yet is as <laughs> Noah. I almost said Jonah, and I didn't want to say that. <laughs> Noah, go ahead. My soul melted for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Strengthen me how? Through thy word. The word of God can be a source of strength to you. When you're feeling weak and frail and feel like you're not able to win the spiritual battles that you need to, to win, you can go into the Word of God. And I am confident that God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, will speak to you in such a way that, wow, I can now jump over a wall and run through a troop. Get out of my way. Here I come. I'm ready. I'm strong because I've got the Word in me. Amen? Amen. All right. Uh, it can bring comfort during the time of affliction. Verse 50. And I guess we'll go to Nathan now. 
50 or 105? It's in the Where's 50? This is my comfort and my affliction for the word hath quickened me. All right. What does quicken mean? Huh? What's quicken mean? Huh? Quicken just means to to make to live. All right? So, this is my comfort and my affliction. For thy word hath quickened me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It makes us alive. It renews us. It gives us a strength that we need to continue on in whatever battle has come our way. All right? He states in Psalms 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'll never forget an experience that I had with my family a number of years ago. We were doing our missionary travels and we got close to Mammoth Caves. And we decided to take a tour of one of the caves. There are several, several caves there. We went down into one of them. And um, our guide that took us through the cave took us into this big room. I think they called it the cathedral. Oh, man, it was an enormous room in there. Enormous. And uh, <clears throat> he said, now, I want you to stand still. Don't move. All right? And he said, at this moment, we are going to turn out the lights in this room and you are going to experience probably for the first time in your life total darkness. The absence of all light. You are way down in the earth. There is no entrance door to that room. There is total darkness. All right? It is quite an experience. All right? Well, I had one of those watches that you press the button and the light comes on. So I turned my back to everybody else. Like, Cause that thing on. Man, that thing looked like a floodlight in that darkness. <laughs> I mean, that was a lot of light in that place. This that one little watch lamp. All right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. We are walking in a dark world. We are work, walking in a world that has been darkened every day just a little bit more. And we need all of the light that we can get a hold of to be able to walk in the darkness of this world. In short, the, work, the, the word of God is the very source of life for David. Verse 156. Uh, Paul, read it for us here. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Quicken. There's that word again. Then it is to, to give me life. And David recognized that God was the source of life. And I, the part after that is I added that to our study today. And can also be for anyone who trusts in the word of God. Amen. It can be what quickens you. It can be what gives you life. Sometimes life really throws us some bad curves. Bad curves. 
But if we have our trust in the word of the Lord, then we are quickened and our life does not depart from us. Amen? Number four, we must delight in the word of the Lord. What does delight mean to you? Think about your favorite food. A piece of well cinnamized cinnamon, a lot of cinnamon on a nice piece of apple pie with that tender flaky crust and a couple of great big scoops of ice cream on top of that. Oh my, that is good. That's good stuff, isn't it? Maybe some of you don't like apple pie. I do. All right. It's a delight to sit down and eat one of my wife's apple pies. I guess maybe second would be cherry pie. That's very good too. I love All right. But we are to have delight in the word of the Lord. It has got to be something that quickens our spiritual taste buds. Amen. Something that affects us deeply in our spirit. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. So it was not just that David trusted in the word of the Lord, but he delighted in the word of the Lord. He studied it, but he delighted in it. It wasn't an obligation. It wasn't like you kids going to school. I got to go to school today. Oh, I got to go to school today. Huh? Well, someday you're going to be thankful for all those days in school when you've got all the smarts you need to make some decent money out there in the world of employment. You're going to thank God for those days in school. i uh, tell you what you will. Uh, I, I received a letter today. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I needed to sit there and read that letter and read that letter and finally I was able to decipher it. I thought, you know, why in the world do people that have an education write like that? <laughs> I mean, what did they learn in school? Now, when the, okay, here's an example. All right. Now, when Pastor Cameron invites you to come to the altar, how do you spell that altar? Huh? T what? A R. A R. Thank you. I received written things from a certain pastor, and he always wrote that A L T E R. <laughs> well, I know if you get to the A L T A R and you pray, you will probably be A L T E R. Right? <laughs> I'm glad you understand. <laughs> if you get to the altar and you pray and seek God, you will be altered. Amen. God will alter you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we study the word. We use the word. But we must have an affection for the word. Amen. Uh I saw a child here one day uh, kind of mistreating his Bible. I corrected him. That is the word of God. 
We've got to respect the Bible. I wouldn't just take and throw my Bible down any old place. I know it's a book, and there have been a lot of them published, and there'll be a lot more that will be published. But nevertheless, I must show respect for this Word of God and treat it with tenderness and kindness and respect. Amen? Uh, 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 Showing that I have a deep affection for it, that I have a, a deep emotional affinity with the Word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I do a little work in my garden this morning. How's the work with your rocks coming, Brother Camarena? Good. Good? Finally got done. Huh? I finally got done. You got done. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I got done with my rock project, too. And I'm glad I got done with it. When I went in the house at midday today, I was going <laughs> to... My poor back. All right? My poor back. It was hurting. All right? <clears throat> but we've got to have an affinity with the Word of God. We've got to love the Word of God. And we can't look at it as a, oh, I'm going to have to read the Bible today because pastor may ask me Sunday if I read the Word this week or not, so I'm going to read it. Well, that's not going to get the job done. If you read it because you are obliged to read it, because somebody's going to question you about it, or because you're going to have a test on it, that's not going to get the job done. You've got to love God's Word. Amen? Amen. Okay, what do the Scriptures tell us? Uh, he tells us in verse 159. Who hasn't read yet? The kiddos. That's a good idea, girls. You just gave me a wonderful idea. Come on, sit up there. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. We're going to get into the word of the Lord tonight. Okay, read that scripture for me up there. You go to the first grade anymore. Come on, read. <laughs> You, I'm waiting on you. Come on. <laughs> oh, but you wouldn't do that to please me. Consider how I love that. Precepts. Precepts. That's good. Looking me, oh Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I love kids. Yeah, thank you. That was good. And you mispronounce one word, but we're, we're not going to laugh at anybody that mispronounces a word, all right? We will learn. Amen. We will learn. Okay. So David said, uh, we still got it up? Yeah. Uh, Consider how I love thy precepts. Love them. Love them. All right? Uh, and then we go to 162. What does he do? You ready now to read? Find it. All right. I know. I know these these words that ended eth in the Bible uh, no longer exist in our English language. Sometimes again, love Papa, tell me, can hardly find this. You know, I understand that. Uh, are we learning tonight? Yeah. Uh, do you like a little humor? <laughs> Teach. Yeah. All right. All right. 
the camera reader always says to me before the service, give us your best tonight, Brother Wong. Well, I always give it my best. I can't do anything but my best. <laughs> and if my best doesn't meet your criteria, I am very sorry, all right? But I don't want you to just sit there, you know? I, I want you to smile, and I want to see that you're happy, and I want to uh, think that you are learning with, you know, the seriousness of my teaching, along with the humor that I put in it, all right? All right? So what did he say? We still got it up there? Yeah. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. What is spoil? Bounty. Bounty, treasure. Spoil is what the army goes out and he fights an enemy and routes them, you know, kills them, gets rid of them, and they leave behind all kinds of valuable things. That's called spoil. All right? So anytime you find this word now in the Bible, you will know what spoil is, all right? Okay. And so he said, when I read your word, I find things of great value. They're valuable to me. All right? All right. The word is wondrous. Verse 18. Uh, who hasn't read yet? Sade. All right. Sade. Yes. 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 I'm going to wind up tonight talking just a little bit about law. i got to hurry up here or I won't be able to get through. All right. Wondrous things out of thy law. Uh, Verse 72. Very quickly. Verse 72. All right. Please. Praise God. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Never. Huh? Never before. Interesting, huh? Well, you place a lot of value on that bi-monthly paycheck or however often it is you get paid. But David said, thy law. Law! Yeah. Law! Yeah. All right? And I'm going to hurry. Okay, I've got to move along here. All right? What verse What verse was that? 72. Okay, 103. How does God's word taste? Brother Lorenzo, read for us again. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Wow. Word of God is sweet. It tastes good. It's better than honey. Yeah. Early this morning after prayer, my wife hadn't 
shown up yet. I went into the kitchen, made myself a big cup of hot tea. And I put in two spoonfuls of natural honey. Oh my. It just gives a real, real, real thing to that tea. Makes it taste so good. <laughs> All right? But the word of the Lord is sweeter than that. Come on. Sweeter. I hope that somehow that, that, that through these scriptures and through the words of the psalmist and, and through the emphasis that I'm placing on these things that, that I can develop in you a love and appreciation for the word. Because if I ever manage to do that, you will become a solid, stable Christian. Right. All right? And nothing will be, ever be able to uh, take you out of God's kingdom. Amen. All right. I'm convinced that this missing piece, this is the missing piece for believers today. For many, the Bible is viewed in a utilitarian fashion. It is a mechanical, sterile tool that Christians are supposed to use. It is like taking medicine. And that's the way that some people look at it. I'll only read it when, oh my, I got this problem. I'm going to have to find a scripture that will help with this problem. Well, maybe that's going to be good. Maybe you read a whole bunch of chapters find a whole bunch of scriptures that you need. But if you're a constant reader of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God that dwells in you is going to bring to your mind exactly that thing that you need to understand. All right? In contrast, David has passion, zeal, and excitement for the law and commandments of God. And the reason for this is not hard to find. David loves God. Amen. He loves God's law. And, be, and it, it, not because he is a closet legalist. He's not just looking for scripture. Ah, could it be that God said something about that and I'll be able to just really hammer so and so with that scripture? No. The word of God has got to be something you take delight in, and you allow it to speak to your own heart. Amen? He loves God's law because the law reflects God's own nature and character. All right? That's why the scriptures say, Be holy, for I am holy. All right? He loves, God be- he loves God's law because he loves God. And who, and who God is and what he is like. Don't ever tell me and don't ever tell your pastor that you love God if you don't love God's word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I met on October the 5th, which happens to be her birthday, in 1959. That's for a great many of you were even born all right and by the time christmas came we were pretty serious so i went home for christmas and we wrote letters then the end of the school year came and we were serious but i went back home got a job worked for three months all right and 
I got frequent letters from her. Postman did a good job. <laughs> now, how would it have been interpreted if I had received all of those letters, I didn't open them, and I bound them up in a big, heavy-duty rubber band and saved them? Hmm? I don't think if she came to know that, that she would believe it if I said, I love you. Huh? You understand the comparison? Yes. We can't say we love God if we don't love his word. Right. Praise God. Any Christian who says he loves God but then despises God's law is, is living a life of contradiction. Indeed, they are living a life that is opposite to Psalm 119. All right? Now, <clears throat> the last thing that I want to mention tonight is that uh, obedience to God's word is of great importance. Not surprisingly, the, four, the prior four characteristics naturally lead us to this one. David repeatedly expresses his desire to actually obey God's law, and he wants to follow it, keep it, and fulfill it. In our world today, the concept of obeying the law is not popular. If certain powers that exist in our nation could, they would totally obliterate the word of God from our society. Because God condemns adultery and fornication and homosexuality and lesbianism and, and a whole lot of other things. And they want to embrace those things. They want to live that life of sensuous pleasure that destroys both the soul and the body. So we as Christians must put it in our hearts that regardless of what God's word says to us, it's not regardless of what I say. It's not regardless of what your pastor says. But it's regardless of what God's word says, we are going to obey it even if it brings personal hurt to us. Because obedience to God is going to be the means by which we will be saved. Amen? Yeah. Amen. All right, in our world today, they want to say, oh, grace, 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 All right? It leads men to repent of their sins and to change their life and their way of living. Amen? Grace doesn't cover it all. God is gracious. He gives us ample space and ample time to repent and to turn our lives around. Amen? Yeah. All right. One, David is not keeping the law in order to earn salvation. Okay, I'm not going to commit adultery. So God's going to save me. I'm going to pay my tithe just really faithfully. And we should do that. 
But you don't earn salvation by not committing adultery, by paying your tithe, giving offering, and doing all the other things that are a part of our Christian life. We don't earn salvation. There isn't a man alive, and there has never been a man alive that can ever earn his salvation. We are saved by God's grace. His grace uh, sent us a Savior who died for our sin and shed his blood that we could be cleansed from all unrighteousness. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And uh, so it's not by what we do that we are saved, but we believe God and obey his word, and therefore we will be saved. Amen? We do not earn our salvation. David did not earn his salvation. He obeyed God's law out of love for God. He was obeying God out of a heart that was filled with faith in God. Amen? Even our Lord Jesus Christ, God revealed in man. The divine connected with the human. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That's what the scriptures say. And Jesus came and said, as a man that he was, I have come to do thy will, O God. And that should be our daily prayer. God, I want to do your will. I want to do what pleases you. All right? And it is our obedience to God and His law and His ways that will eventually bring us to salvation. I want to take you to a couple of scriptures that I find to be so... Well, to me, they were kind of a a puzzle to begin with. Now, when you think about law, what do you think about? You think about that your some of your privileges have been taken away by the law. Alright? But in the book of uh, where am I? Book of James, chapter one. Alright. I'm making Sister Jean scramble back there now. And verse 25. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. He be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This man shall be blessed in his deed. What was the law called there? Huh? Put it all together. Perfect law of liberty. All right. When I looked this scripture up, I was thinking about you. Brother Miguel, and I thought, boy, he can give me an explanation of how a law will give us liberty in our physical life here on earth. All right, I, I, I got to hurry on. I got to get through here. All right? There is a law in this country that says that you will drive on the right side of the room. Correct? That gives you the liberty to go on your journey. All right? And hopefully everybody else will adhere to that law. And if they do, then we will have the liberty 
to be able to go and come as we desire in an orderly and accident-free way. When you come to the red light at this street corner, you, I hope, you stop. What happens sometimes is somebody doesn't stop. And they take away your liberty because they are disobedient to the law. But if everybody is obedient to the law, there is liberty to drive and go your way and be safe and comfortable. All right? I, I know that it seems almost to be uh, a misnomer to talk about law bringing us liberty, but as you begin to think about it, you begin to understand that there are laws that really do bring us liberty. All right? You know, outside of the realm of uh, the wars between uh, rival drug gangs, probably the other singular most cause of murders is marital unfaithfulness. Thousands of murders are committed every year because of what they call love triangles. All right? People don't accept it. And they take out vengeance on somebody. Okay? But if the law is followed, then there's peace and there's harmony. Right. So let's, when we read Psalms 119, and we see that, and we've already read many scriptures tonight, when we see that he said that law, he loves God's law. I love the law that says that everybody must drive on the right side of the road. I love the law that says you stop at a red light and a stop sign. Of course, there is what they call a California stop, but they're not totally legal. All right. All right. I saw a street corner one time in Brazil. In Brazil, they don't pay any attention to stop signs. It's like a yield sign to them. They just take a glance and keep going, all right? So I'm standing on the street corner. I'm waiting for the bus. And there is a high government official that lives just down the street a couple of houses. And he had 24-hour protection from the police. There was always a flat-foot police officer there. And he happened to be standing on the street corner talking to me. And the lady comes up and she runs right almost ran right straight through that stop sign without stopping. And a car came down the hill and almost hit her. And she just squealed her tires and stopped. And she rolled down her window and she said, Officer, did you see what he did to me? He walked over very calmly and said, uh, Lady, just back up a little bit, will you? Back up a little bit more. Back up just a little bit more. Back up just a little bit more. Do you see that sign up there? What's that sign say? <laughs> She had to hang her set ahead in shame because she was wrong. She had nothing to complain about. <laughs> Sometimes people are complaining about God and complaining about God's treatment of them. But hey, are they into God's law? Are they obeying God's law? Now, the 
as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and obeying the voice of the Lord. Yes. To obey, obey is better than sacrifice and to hurt and damn the fat of rams. 2 Samuel. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. 15, Yep. King Saul had just come back with the king that he had supposed to kill. And some sheep and some other things. He said, oh, I brought them back to offer to the Lord. Samuel said, the Lord has more delight in obedience than he does in sacrifice. Amen. I quit. God bless all of you tonight. Let's stand together. Brother Cameron, you want to come for the service? Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Isn't God's word good? Let it speak to our hearts. At least I hope it has spoken to your hearts tonight. And I thank our young people for cooperating with me and reading, all except for you that didn't read. Who didn't read? You didn't read.